Welcome to Postcast. The Utah Jazz dropped the final game of the three-game road trip on a complete heartbreaker. They had fought back from down 10 and trailing all night long to only not garner the final rebound of the night. And a Kevin Herter angle left three gave the Kings the advantage that would last. It's all coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone with you here after the Utah Jazz fall to the Sacramento Kings final score 126 to 125 and well Ron first this is heart-wrenching the Jazz trailed all night they stayed in contact you kind of could feel it it was a big game on both sides the Kings had been uh, really poor on this homestand they were two and three they'd lost to Charlotte and Washington they needed this badly the Jazz needed it badly they were 0 and 2 on the road trip and you could feel it. Both teams needed it. Both teams played with that kind of energy and that juice all night long. The Jazz trailed by as many as 10. Finally broke through their first lead at 91-90. We had a raucous fourth quarter of action as the Jazz had 12 lead changes and six ties in the quarter alone. At one point, we had 10 possessions that were a lead change or tie consecutively. And then Mike Conley goes to the free throw line, up one, makes just one of two free throws, the Jazz come down, defend it really well. I'd have a hard time remembering exactly uh, what the play sequence was. I'll pull it up here in a second. But I believe uh, they, Fox, Fox drove to the basket, I think, a couple of times. and came and Missed twice, throw, right? Yes. Fox came to the basket. He, he uh, missed it with 19 seconds left on a 13-footer, but Sabonis got the offensive rebound. Uh, six seconds left. He missed an, six seconds later. He missed an eight footer on a floater, and the rebound looked to me like it came down into Markkinen's hands. Gets knocked out of his hands as Barnes has it. They rotated out to Herter uh, from Keegan Murray, the rookie, and he buries the three. And now the Jazz, with nine point two seconds left, are down one. And they tried to get it to Markkinen. He dribbles it off the leg of Harrison Barnes out of bounds the first time, then takes a 16-footer turnaround jumper and misses. And the Jazz fall one twenty-six, one twenty-five. This one. This has been a heart-wrenching road trip, if we're perfect. This team has really had great soul, great energy, great things this year. This is, this is a tester of a road trip now. Well, every team, I think, during the course of the year is going to go through a stretch, you know, where they're struggling to win basketball games. Uh, players are going to struggle. Beasley's going through it right now, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but it's, it's the close games that we, we think about, the ones that we talk about, and how they end up losing the basketball thing. Fundamental things like making free throws, fundamental things like rebounding the basketball that, um, uh, that, that we talk about that, uh, that would have won the basketball game for you. It did feel, and it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, sometimes, uh, I've said this a lot, like I only have the Jazz perspective, right? I'm sure Sacramento maybe made the same amount of these types of plays tonight, but it felt as though there were a bunch of plays tonight where you just, like, the Jazz would make inroads, get it to four, and then just two kind of like, ugh, type plays. There was a sequence, I, I can't entirely recall it, I apologize, my game recall sucks. But I, I remember saying, like, wow, it was a really tough sequence, right? Like, Mike missed a layup and they took it the other way, and then, you know, just a bunch of little things like that. That it feels like in a game we lost by one, there are going to be a lot of things to go back to tonight and wonder about. Yeah, you, you lose a basketball game, and, and well, you, you fight in a basketball game, and, and you think that, uh, okay, we got it rolling now. I mean, we're, the momentum is in our favor, and then all of a sudden you, you're down one or down two or three or something like that, and then you look up, you're down ten. I mean, it's just the, the way, I'm sure that's the way they, the Sacramento Kings were looking at it, is though the Jazz made a surge, okay, uh, and, and we countered, and, and now we're back up eight or nine points, so... That's the NBA. That is professional basketball. 
Uh, and the, the bottom line is, you know, who scores the most points at the end of the fourth quarter. That was a pretty great fourth quarter. That was yeah. that was as enjoyable and entertaining and high-paced and fun a basketball game as, as you're going to have. Lowry Markkinen was incredible with 36. Jordan was fabulous. He hit 8 of 12 tonight for 25. I mean, those two guys really carried this team back into this ball game and gave them a chance to win it. Yeah, and Jordan Clarkson did not make a three-point shot tonight. And Larry, Mar- Larry Markkinen only made one. He only made one. The Jazz oh. went 8 of 32 from three and stayed in the game. Well, it had some pretty good looks, though. Jordan only took two, but Markkinen had was one for seven. Beasley, uh, one for seven there as well. And, and it's not like those were not the looks that they've been getting all season long and they end up making them. Uh, they just didn't fall tonight, and and when those shots don't fall, the Jazz get forty a game. They're they're been average of fifteen makes a game, and when you're missing, you know, a few of those three point shots, now you're going to struggle, and, and you know, who knows, win or lose. I mean, the thing that's so crazy about this is uh, really maybe the signature of this road trip is going to be how little help Lowry Market and Jordan Clarkson got. Like they they just didn't get help in Golden State. They didn't get help a great deal in Sacramento. They they Lowry's putting up monster numbers. Jordan's Jordan in the month of December is as well. Over the last five games, Jordan shooting 44% from the floor, 44% from three, and 23 points a game. You know, over the last five, the next guy is Beasley at 13 points, but he's shooting 34% and 23% from three. And then tonight, Malik just doesn't have it going either. He's one of seven from three, four of 13. I mean, he battled through it, and the guy, the guys fought all night, but they, they're really just not getting enough other offensive help for Lowry Markin and Jordan Clarkson. And believe me, players know when they're struggling. I mean, and, and they start pressing, you know, they they're, they're start aiming, uh, and I'm talking offensively, uh, until one goes in like Beasley knocks one in and it bounces around and goes in, and he's happy as hell, you know, because I made one, you know, that, that type of thing. But it's, it's, it's a struggle in this league uh, to stay hot all season long, and, and, you know, he's going through it right now. Maybe one of the signature plays of the night to me in that regard was when Beasley went to jam it. It was like, okay, I can't three. I missed a layup. I'm going to try to dunk it over a seven-footer. He got rejected and it didn't work, but it was kind of telling. Uh, Walker Kessler had a really good game tonight. He came in at 11 points, eight rebounds. He changed the trajectory of this game a little bit in the way he played it tonight. I think now teams are starting to prep for him. Uh, they realize the value that he has for this basketball team, how he uh, protects the rim. Uh, they'll drop on him, obviously, because they know he's not going to take any long-range shots or not even any mid-range shots. He did not get a block shot tonight, which is unusual. So they didn't really challenge him because they did shoot some floaters, and, and uh, Sabonis, uh, with the experience that he has, put the shoulder and the body into, into Kessler, dislodged him, moves him back, and then he makes a layup. But it wasn't like he was challenging him at the rim or anything like that. So I think Kessler now is all a part of everybody's, every team's scouting report. The uh, Jazz, by the way, shrunk the rotation to nine guys tonight. Nikhil Alexander-Walker did not play in tonight's game, which was an interesting twist uh, to the game the other night where he actually played a decent amount down the stretch. So um, a little bit of a change there. Let's go back to the clutch final five minutes. It's what you remember the most. Sacramento run is the number one clutch offense in the NBA, and they did it again tonight. They just scored time and time again. I don't have uh, – from the five-minute mark on, it was 111 110, and Sacramento scores on one out of two, two out of three, three out of four, four out of five, five out of six, five out of seven, six out of eight, six out of nine, six out of ten. They missed three in a row there. Six out of 11, then finally Fox hits the shot 
make it 7 out of 12, and then they score in the last position. They score in 8 of their final 13 possessions. That's what they've been doing recently. That's how they've been winning games. What are you seeing out of this team that makes them such a good offensive team late in games? When I'm seeing it, it late in the ball games, I, you know, I haven't watched a lot of ball games of theirs late, but what I saw tonight was uh, just uh, they were connected, uh, and they got players that can get into the paint, make it happen. Fox for one, and then you you have Sabonis, who just boy, he just makes his teammates better. I mean, he's constantly moving, uh, setting picks. Guys are learning to run off of him. Uh, he, he screens away. He dribble hands off, and so that for that for that part, you know, you're going to get something good out of something like when you have a player that plays like that, regardless of if it's uh, in the closing seconds or it's at the beginning of the ball game. What a night for Demonis Sabonis! Twelve of twelve from the field, twenty-eight points, eleven rebounds, eight assists. He did have seven turnovers. As he's playing with one hand. It was obvious he was playing with one hand tonight. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. I was just thinking back during the ball game, David, back in the old days. Someone yeah. would have just hit his hand. Would have been taking shots at the hand. You know, you just he's got the ball in his hand. I mean, you're swiping at the basketball, but you're swiping at the hand there as well. You guys weren't very nice. No, we were not. No. That was the <laughs> You want to play hurt? Okay, then you can. <laughs> he's proud of this. He's proud of this. Well. Hurting his fellow colleagues. <laughs> But he did play well with one hand, he if you did. want to put it that way. He did not go to his right. If he did went to his right, it was only for one dribble or something like that for a dribble handoff. But when he wanted to get to the basket, he went to his left, and, and he does that very, very I well. I believe that he scored 10 left-handed layups at the rim and two three-point shots. That's, I think, what he had tonight. Uh, Ron, who are your two stars? Demata Sabonis cannot be one of them. <laughs> well, I, I think um, it's, it's, it's marketing for one. Yeah, and then it's Kessler and and Clarkson. I that I think, and, and I'm going to take Clarkson uh, because at, at that fourth quarter, the number of clutch shots he made in that fourth quarter in in the paint. Well, I'm going to give it to Clarkson because I just noticed a number that I just did not pick up on during the broadcast tonight. Nine assists. Nine assists for Jordan Clarkson tonight. Yeah. So Jordan Clarkson and Lowry Markinen are clearly. Our two stars tonight. Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been Postcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow for uh, New Year's Eve game against the Miami Heat. Tickets are available at utahjazz.com.